Hi everyone, it's Sam, NFT Statistics, and this is your Proof Daily NFT Countdown. Continued things to talk about with D-Gods, also some art drops. We have one coming from Snowfro and Jordan Lyle, and then we also have a Zeneca PFP, which is coming. He's been talking about it for a while, but we got a glimpse of the art. Let's dive right into it, starting off with a quick market overview. I put out a long-term kind of volume chart. This is about six months or a little bit more. You can see how much volumes have declined. Versus yesterday, we're down a small bit, up versus the weekend, if you really want to get into the details. But overall, this chart gives a pretty good sense of how volumes have trended. In terms of market shares, about 70% with Blur. You know, there was a little a little while there where OpenSea was getting a little higher on the uh, market share chart. That has since reversed. We're kind of back to about 70% Blur market share, which is where, you know, I'd say kind of the average of where we have been. Large cap index was actually down pretty bad. DGAs just continued to be extremely weak. Also had some weak and pudgy penguins. Board API Club kind of getting that floor price in the mid 28s as opposed to uh, the 29. So a little bit of weakness there. And really nothing was up over the past 24 hours in the large cap index. In the mid cap index, though, we did have a rally in Sprato Gremlins. Sprato Gremlins just keeps on going. There's a, a meme coin associated with it that's been completely on fire. And I think there's kind of this dynamic right now where a lot of people making money on meme coins are putting that money into Milady, into Sprato Gremlins, into Romilio. And those are the projects that are really kind of bucking any bear market trend that we have seen. Here is the chart from Sprato Gremlins. I'd actually call that pretty damn parabolic, pretty parabolic, up about 4x since the beginning of August. So really just going in one direction about, I think there are 3,300 of these, so a little bit lower supply. And also just people making money off those meme coins are dumping their money into a couple NFTs. Heavy Metal also has been strong. A little bit of excitement around the Yuga, Yuga gaming ecosystem. Uh, has kind of funneled into heavy metals, showing a little bit of strength. And then I also wanted to touch on this DGods chart, which just continues to go lower and lower, seeing the floor price around 4 ETH right now. You know, one of the things that's interesting about this chart, though, is that after the FTX news, because, you know, DGods was on Solana and Solana really uh, got hit after FTX, uh, after XTX basically went bankrupt. You can see that they have seen this kind of decline before in DGods. So this is not a first for them. There have been a couple serious, serious crashes in DGOD. So a little bit more familiar territory for this team than others. But let's have a look at what the, the data kind of says about DGODs right now. This chart looks at NFTs that have been dumped in the bids for the first time ever. Uh, and this is a seven-day moving ever, or seven-day chart. What you can see is we have now surpassed the number of NFTs that were dumped into bids after Azuki. So DGODs has had more NFTs dumped in bid for the first time ever than Azuki did after the Elementals drop, which led to kind of maximum FUD. You know, one thing I would say is that going into this event, there hadn't been as many uh, DGods that had ever been dumped into bids. So there's a bit of a bigger pool that you could possibly work with, but still really just seeing a lot of holders selling here. And the other thing is Machi Big Brother. I mean, if you look at this chart, you can see that this is basically a chart. I don't have dates on there, but just shows how Machi's position has changed over time. And you can see whenever he's got to 20 or 30, Kind of in the beginning, he would always dump. This is not a guy who likes to hold long positions, but his position has got longer and longer on DGods. He's now up to something like 350. You know, just this morning, he was the biggest bidder on DGods, so continuing to accumulate. There has been talk about Machi and Frank doing calls together. They were on a spaces together, trying to figure out what to do with this position. The problem is that Machi is only a piece of the problem here. I mean, if you look at new NFTs dumped into bids for the first time, Machi owns 300 something, but there are hundreds of others that are owned by other people. But I think the other issue is that people see Machi. They know that Machi is not the guy who's going to own hundreds of D-Gods off into the sunset. That's just not the way that he has really 
held any of his positions over the past six months. So then other people start to sell just on the possibility that he might sell as well. And it's just kind of the negative reflexive thing that we've seen in so many projects until now. A lot of people have been talking about how there are so many loans on DGODs and that loans have also been part of the problem. You know, I did a little bit of research yesterday, kind of figured out how to how to track on Dune the number of NFTs that have been seized that have been that defaulted on loans. And that's what this blue line is on the lower right and what these blue bars are. And the red line there is NFTs dumped into bids for the first time. And what you can see is that, yes, there have been a lot of NFTs that have defaulted on loans. Over the past week, there have been 210, but that doesn't compare to the near 800 NFTs that have been dumped into bids for the first time. So I think while the loans are a little bit of an accelerant for the weakness, the real weakness has been holders, you know, and longer term holders who are selling for the first time. Let's talk about art, though. Talking about a couple, a couple art projects that did a little bit of volume. Three did more than 20th of volume. A couple of Gazer sales, a, Vera, a bunch of Vera Molnar sales. Chromie Squiggles, eight sales. That includes the seed phrase, a sweep that happened yesterday. Let's have a quick look, starting off uh, with this bold squiggle. So for 14.8 E, well below where bolts have been selling recently. So really nice deal for whoever got that. This Vera Molnar in the upper right uh, sold at about a 50% premium to floor. So very cool in there. And then a couple grails uh, of proof grails uh, from a while ago, a protoglyph made by Larva Labs. This was the first NFT that they kind of put together when they were trying to figure out what the autoglyph would look like. Uh, that sold for seven ETH. And then Bookends by Snowfro. Uh, Snowfro was the lead artist that the final artist announced with season two grails. And this piece of his sold for 3.7 ETH. Second thing to talk about, Zeneca introduces his PFP. We finally get a glimpse of what the art's going to look like from Zeneca. And he wrote an 11 or 12 tweet thread about it, said a PFP to reward a community of lifelong members for people who value humility over hype and substance over speculation. Now, digging into just some of the details of what he said, first of all, this is going to be non-dilutive. So everybody who owns a Zeneca pad or a Zen chest uh, can burn that to get a PFP. So the team is not going to make any more money off this. Uh, there's going to be nothing, you know, there's going to be no new NFTs added to the ecosystem if you want. Uh, of the PFP, you got to burn a Zen chest to get it. Uh, Zeneca talked, he said, why a PFP right now? And he said something I've always kind of thought, which is that PFPs are an amazing way to increase the network effects and surface area of a community. And it really just creates a way uh, for people to identify each other, for people to market the project, for people to market what they're all about. Uh, and I think even with all the weakness we've seen in PFPs, still have seen some of the biggest market cap in NFTs really from PFPs. And he was kind of saying that as well. In order to get one, you must burn a Zen chest. Uh, he said that it seemed like he thinks there will be some utility involved, but he said that's for another thread. So it didn't give a whole lot of detail there. And then timing is to be announced. In terms of Zen Chess, these were minted for 0.03 ETH. The price did incredibly well, went up 20X in the very beginning. It's still trading around 0.15, 0.2 ETH. So if you do want to get one of these PFPs, I think the best way to do it is to buy a Zen Chest again, which is trading in the 0.15 to 0.2 ETH range. And here's a look at the art, just kind of pulling from the screenshot shared there, kind of as a fun, uh, you know, mainly younger looking appeal, but also a couple of older guys. You know, I like the pink hair. I'm putting the pink hair front left. Uh, so cool to see that. Third thing to talk about, Heart and Craft, which is a drop that was announced by Snowfro. Of course, Snowfro is the founder of Artblocks, the artist uh, behind the Chromie Squiggles. So whenever Snowfro does anything, people stop, people pay attention, people listen. And he's doing it with Jordan Lyle and the Prohibition art team. We've talked about Prohibition a fair bit on the show. And it's basically taking the Artblocks engine, but trying to make it more affordable or trying to make generative art more affordable, uh, less, less curated at some level, more available to more people. So more people can try generative art and get access to all sorts of different artists. Here is the 
tweet from Snowfro. Snowfro never does threads. He just does really long text blocks. He did that again, just kind of pulling out some of the things that I pulled from it. First is that this is what they call an inclusive edition generative art project. Inclusive edition is a new term, kind of a nice term for open edition. Now, what they said is that what makes it different is that there's no cap on supply, which is similar to an open edition, but there's also no cap on the time length. So normally with open editions, it like, oh, it's open for a week. Whereas here, they're just going to let people mint until it seems like it's lost momentum or everyone has got one, and then they're going to shut it. So uh, they're not announcing how long it's going to be. The project's called Hard and Craft, working with Jordan Lyle and the Prohibition team. Uh, it will be generative. So there's going to be a whole variety around size, colors, style, pattern, gradients, topography. I'll show you some in a second. And the other thing, and this kind of is similar to art, uh, to the friendship bracelets. Every single piece is going to have instructions for how do you use a digital printer to create a physical replica of the NFT. Uh, you know, and one of the things Snowfro said is the idea that this project could inspire people to take a break from our increasingly digital world, diverting attention and making something tangible that lives in their physical space. I mean, Eric talks about this a lot, kind of the separation between digital and physical and how they both can coexist. So that speaks a lot to what he's trying to do here. And here's what the art looks like. What you can see is the different colors, the different topographies, the different way that all the hearts can be different. So interesting stuff to see there. Excited to see this play out. And again, I believe that's next week. And then lastly, let's talk about a few notable sales. There was not a lot on the one-on-one front. There were not a ton of keynote PFPs. Let's have a look at what did sell. A Grifters sold for 9 ETH. And Grifters seemed to sell, you know, kind of one a week is, is pretty much the regular cadence. This is the PFP project that Xcopy created. Having a look at the price, you know, I'd say relatively speaking, you know, it's down about 50% over the past six months. I showed yesterday that almost every project with the exception of Milady, Punks, and a couple of uh, Pudgy Penguins is down 50% or more. So kind of in that ballpark, but still seems to be hanging in there for a PFP with a nine ETH sale. So nice to see that. A couple Grail Mac Amigos. There was a frog that sold for 2.8 ETH. This hoodie here sold for 2.7 ETH. And that's versus, the, versus a 0.3 ETH floor. So something like nine times the floor. Uh, you know, a couple others actually sold for more than two ETH. So a decent day for nice knock amigos. Here's the chart. You know, it's had a little bit of strength recently, kind of had settled in that 0.25 ETH range and has climbed a little bit higher now at 0.3. I got the Green Bay Packer there. I'm from Wisconsin. We got the Packers season coming up. Going to be interesting without Aaron Rodgers. I'm not sure what to expect. Even with Aaron Rodgers, we weren't killing it. But, uh, you know, I guess it'll be a transition. You're curious to see how that goes. And then lastly, one, one of one artist I wanted to highlight had two 2.5 ETH sales. The artist's name is Mac Rabe, and the pieces were called Rabid Rabbit Reaper and All Your Love in Chains, the one on the left and the one on the right. And both of these sold for 2.5 ETH. Now, this artist has had a lot of sales, kind of above 2 ETH, 2 ETH or higher. So this is really right in that range. So nice to see an artist who's maintaining kind of the higher end of the range for the sales they have had. Try to look him up. Try to learn a little bit more about this artist. He has a fair bit of a, a following on Instagram and his personal bio there says it just another ice cube staring into the flames. And here is a picture of him. I believe at an art fair uh, in that icon there. That is all from me today. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, give us a like, tell us what you think in the comments, subscribe to the channel, as well as to our telegram group. You can get the link below and we'll be back tomorrow and just about every weekday with another show. Have a great day.